Welcome to the Grabs Podcast, where we share firsthand stories of real-world rescues. I'm Grant, and our guest today is Riley Wells. How you doing, Riley? Good. How are you? Good. So we're going to talk to you about a grab made uh, just not real long ago, April 16th of 2020. Um, and you're talking to us, uh, just so guys kind of understand, uh, from a rural, uh, rural area in Kansas. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the departments that you, you are with? Uh, so I'm Riley Wells. I'm actually a captain on the Sabetha Fire Department, and then I'm also a member of the Fairview Fire Department, uh, where the fire initially happened. Um, Sabetha is a town of about 2,500 people. Um, we have a lot of industry, uh, so our population actually doubles, if not more than doubles, uh, during the day. Um, we don't run a lot of calls. Uh, we cover about 120 square miles. Uh, we're right on a bordering a neighboring county, um, but uh, we're a department of 25 members. Um, we're a really young department. Uh, we have about eight or nine guys that are over the age of 35, so we kind of lack that that uh, senior man guidance. Um, so a lot of what we do is, you know, a lot of what we learn is from going to classes and schools and uh, stuff all over the city. I mean, stuff all over the state of Kansas. Nozzle forward. Um, you know, the Kansas State Fire Fire Firefighters Association schools. Um, Firefighter One. Uh, a couple of guys have been to Parsons, uh, Kansas City. Yeah, we. I mean, we have a lot, quite a few guys that have traveled and have gained a lot of knowledge from learning from other people. Nice. What kind of response do you guys get on a fire? Uh, so we actually, uh, we have, uh, any structure fire, we have three pumpers, um, whether it's in a hydrant, if it's a, in a hydrant area, we have, uh, what we call our city pumper. It's a four door cab. Um, and then we get two initial pumpers behind it. And then we have a rescue truck that responds also. Um, and then in the country, we respond with two pumpers, um, and, obviously a couple tankers and a rescue truck as well. What, what's a rescue truck in your area? Uh, so it's, it's actually an old ambulance, but it carries all of our rescue equipment. It's got air packs on it as well. Um, it's kind of more so for manpower. Um, we have a couple thermal, we have a thermal imaging camera in it, some tools for firefighting as well. So, and but it's, uh, it, once we get all those rigs to the scene, what kind of manpower are you looking at? Uh, we have, with us being a really young department, we have a really good response. Uh, so we end up with anywhere from 18 to all 25 guys, usually pretty much count on every single call, having a pretty good number of guys. So then you get a fire and, uh, who's responsible for search typically? Uh, usually it's a second in, uh, unit. So, uh, uh, with us being in a rural setting, uh, usually the first in we try and get that first line in play uh, because we're already behind once the tones drop. So, uh, yeah, we usually try and get that first line in play unless we know we have a – like if we have a known rescue, someone hanging out of a window, obviously that takes priority. But, uh, yeah, we try and get the first line 
and service and get water on the fire. And then, like I said, usually the the second end unit will uh, will usually take over surge. Cool. Why don't you take us back to uh, April 16th and tell us about this fire? Uh, so it was really an odd fire for us. Uh, it, was, it was a mutual aid to our neighboring department in Fairview. Uh, it was at 3.15, 3.17 in the morning. Uh, it was when Fairview got paged. Uh, we didn't get paged until about 10 or 12 minutes later. Um, so with us being in a different county, we kind of have a disconnect between our dispatchers. So we were already, I mean, we were really behind on this one. Um, and when they paged us out, our dispatcher had uh, very limited information. So uh, they paged us out for a uh, structure fire and uh, we didn't really get anything other than that. Um, our chief was trying to coordinate with the Fairview chief, uh, but we were having some communication problems. Anyways, so uh, I, I was on a call for EMS that night. I found someone to cover my call for me, and I traveled directly to the scene. Uh, I, have, I have a set of gear in my truck and some small assortment of tools. Um, I arrive on scene, and uh, it was about a eight or 900 square foot home, uh, single story, single family, um, heavy fire coming from the Delta side. Um, it was sitting on an intersection. So the Delta side was, a, was street side. And so was the alpha side. Um, the Delta side had heavy fire. And then there was also fire, uh, coming in from the alpha side too, um, through the front door and the living room to the Basically, basically the front, the whole alpha side of the house and the whole delta side of the house were involved with fire. What, uh, what were on-scene reports when you guys arrived? So I arrived on scene along with our assistant chief. We arrived at the same time. Uh, and we had a report of a female occupant that was initially out of the house and uh, turned around and went back in for her dogs. What uh, was were any other of the Fairview units already set up doing attack or anything like that? Yes, yeah, so they initially they had three lines in play and they were getting they had water uh, on the fire when we arrived. Um, they're a really old uh, department. They is I mean as far as their median age is probably sixty or sixty five. Uh, they probably only have about four members that are under the age of forty. Uh, so. Um, Physically, a lot of their members aren't capable of putting packs on, and uh, and I, I guess you wouldn't say you would say they're not interior firefighters. Uh, they do have a couple of guys that do know how to put packs on. Um, I I don't really know uh, what happened initially, like when they first arrived on scene, because I wasn't there initially. Um, but uh, yeah, when I showed up, they had they had three lines in service, and they were all applying water to the fire cool so take us through your search or uh how that how that ended up going so uh when we arrived on scene uh they told her told us that she went through the front door back through the front door back to find her dogs um which had fire coming out of the door um anyways so fairview they were kind of set up on the delta side uh, they had two lines deployed on the delta side and one on the alpha side and they were applying water um and uh, when we arrived on scene, we we took a line, another line, and uh, deployed it to the front door um, on the alpha side. Uh, 
we were going to uh, make a hit on the fire and uh, break off the line and go search the two back bedrooms that didn't have any involvement at the time uh, that we thought of uh, or that we knew of. Um, so once we, uh, I got up to the front door, I laid the line down on the porch and I uh, was working on the door. So the door was only open far enough that you could like squeeze your body through. Um, so apparently I found out later that they don't usually use the front door and, uh, they had a, a bookshelf or, I mean, a storage shelf behind the door, or like up against the wall. So it wouldn't open all the way. Um, but like I said, you could squeeze your body through it. Well, anyways, I couldn't get through it with my pack on and I didn't, I didn't know what was behind it at the time. So, uh, I took my howl again and the door was already pretty charred up. So, uh, I just, the door ended up coming off of the, the hinges. Um, the screws just pulled, I guess the screws just pulled right out of the jam. Anyways, so I removed the whole door came off and I, uh, laid it out in the front yard and, uh, one of our younger firemen, this is actually his first fire, uh, told him to hurry up and he was masking up and, uh, I turned around and went back towards the front door and our line was still dry. But when I turned around, I noticed the something caught my eye it looked it almost looked like a flashlight of some kind um and i immediately thought like that has to be her like uh the flash i mean if i wouldn't have seen the flashlight um i don't know i probably would have waited until water came to the line and uh made a hit on the fire and like i said break off the line and go search the two back bedrooms but uh since i saw that line uh we decided i i decided to uh just take off for that light um yeah, she was probably, well, I, I crawled in and uh, found the light and found her laying on the floor. And uh, she was laying laying on her back anyways. Uh, so, yeah, the light was her. And, uh, yeah, I pulled her the majority of the way out. And I, uh, re I had some complications pulling her out. Um, my first initial, like kind of what we've, what we've learned and what we've been taught is when you reach a victim – uh, we always grab them underneath the knees and get their, their feet up in your armpits and uh, stand up and walk backwards. And uh, I did that and immediately regretted it. I stood up and it was uh, hot. And so I immediately dropped back down to my knees and uh, I grabbed under her ankles and tried going backwards. And uh, she was she was really slick. Uh, I couldn't hang on to her. Um, all she had on was a nightgown, so there wasn't really any clothes to grab onto. But uh, I got her about three or four feet from the door, and my hand slipped off of one leg, and her leg kind of got buckled underneath of her. So she was almost like, if you can picture that, like she was like sitting on her leg, kind of. And uh, I tried grabbing her one ankle with both hands, and she kept getting caught on the, the bookshelf. And my, I ended up slipping off while, I, like I said, I was about three feet or so from the door. My and I was starting to get hot at this point. My ears were starting to burn pretty good. And so my first initial instinct was to turn around and grab the line because I knew it was right there at the front door, uh, hoping it had water in it, and it did not. So uh, I started to kind of go into fight or flight mode, and uh, I turned around and started grabbing on anything I could. Well, right as I turned it around, one of the guys uh, on our department, he ended up grabbing a line from the uh, – one of the Fairview members of the department that was initially on scene. 
ended up grabbing one of their lines that was on the alpha side and brought it in through the front door and started putting the fire out. And about that time, the the two new firefighters that were there, they uh, came in. One of them helped grab, you know, the other ankle or other side of her. We ended up getting her all the way out. Nice. I appreciate the uh, the transparency in in telling the story. Sometimes we we always uh, human nature is to to connect the dots in a way that makes us look good, but that we struggle then to learn anything from this. So, uh, how, how much did she weigh? Uh, she was about one hundred and eighty pounds, one hundred ninety pounds, probably. All right, so about the same size, about the same size as me. Uh, not not the uh, not the. 80 pound dummy or whatever. And of course they're never in uh, like turnout gear that she could grab onto. Uh, you mentioned yeah. uh, the slickness and uh, it seems like that happens a lot when people get burned. Um, so sometimes it's tough to, to mimic that in training. Uh, I've heard uh, a buddy of mine in Toledo said that they were they'd Crisco oil dummies to give that same feel uh, just to have people not run into that for the first time in a fire. The, um, yeah, that'd be pretty simple. Yeah, and I, I love the, the legs method, but you brought up a good point that if you're standing up, you might get a little bit warm. I know Gary Lane uh, teaches a real good way, legs, uh, leg method, but keeps you on your knees, which is pretty cool. So if you're trying to visualize that or you want to check that out, uh, go check out that from Gary Lane. Uh, what, were, what were the smoke conditions like uh, inside when you so, found out? So there was actually quite a bit of fire. So uh, it was the visibility is actually pretty good. Um, like I said, I was she was about fifteen or so feet inside the front door, uh, back towards the back bedrooms. And yeah, I, I mean, I was able to see that flashlight uh, that she still had in her hand um, from the front door. So the visibility was pretty good. Cool. Um, yeah. So when we when we are talking about dragging victims what would you say that total distance of victim drag uh was uh like i said it's probably 15 feet i mean uh like it wasn't a very big house but it, she was clear to the back to the charlie side like back where the two bedrooms were right um talk about the time factor uh, I know you have the delay that a lot of rural departments uh, face all the time, but from the time of arrival uh, to the time you guys went in and did your search and, and victim out, what would that look like? Uh, I would say it was only a couple of minutes. It seemed like it took a long time, but like I said, it, uh, it was probably just a couple of minutes. It, everyone I've talked to said that it seemed, or it was really fast. So we had her out like, I mean, two or three minutes from the time we got on scene. Cool. Uh, what else? So as we wrap up, what, what do you think you learned like lessons taken away of this one? Uh, don't ever, I mean, just because you're in a rural setting, like don't ever think it won't happen to you. Uh, and I mean, train every day. I mean, obviously in our situation, we don't can't train every day, but uh, get down to the station as much as you can and train. Um, we're actually down here right now. Uh, my wife calls it Thursday night therapy. Uh, so uh, we try and get as many guys as we can, like every Thursday night, and we come down and whether it's you know hose handling or hose advancement or or throwing ladders or stretching hose or uh, 
start practicing search techniques. I mean, we got a window prop, so we practice VES quite a bit. And uh, yeah, we, we try and get down here as much as we can and, and train. So cool. Well, thanks, Riley. I appreciate you sharing the story on the Grabs podcast. Uh, if you're on the scene of a structure fire with a rescue or assist with a dead or alive civilian, help us capture our wins and specific details that improve our rescue and search across the nation and fill out one survey per victim at www.firefighterrescuesurvey.com. You can join in the Facebook group, Firefighter Rescue Survey, where hundreds of rescues are being recorded monthly. If you want to short, share your story on the Grabs podcast, get a hold of me, Grant Schwalbe. I'm on Facebook, or you can get a hold of Justin McWilliams or Nick Ladine. And uh, until next time, we appreciate it.